everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mission Daily. This is Stephanie Postal, CEO of Mission.org, and I'm joined by Albert Chow. Albert, welcome back. I'm back, I want to say that every time. Welcome back. Welcome back. I feel like I'm not used to it yet. Like, we are back, and it's, it's a fun, exciting thing. All right, so this episode, it's a part two from the one, if you just listened to it. If you haven't yet, go back to the previous episode where we're talking about this concept of like how to bridge innovations of where people are at and how to get them to where maybe the world is going. And so bridging that gap or crossing the chasm, as Albert mentioned. In this episode, though, I want to take it more um, into like real life outside of technology, because obviously that is real life. But like I was thinking about this concept around relationships and hiring and team members and kids. And it brought up a lot of um, just thoughts for me of how to use this in your everyday life. Um, So one of the things I was thinking about was around our team, Albert, of like how you work with our team members that I thought was a powerful lesson thinking of like how, just how you structure your maybe growth conversations with different team members. And you always start with where they're at. And you, like every person you talk to, it's a very personalized approach that I've noticed from you that I thought was powerful. So I'd love to kind of dive into how you think about this concept when it comes to maybe team members, um, anyone that you work with. Yeah, so this, uh, you know, I I appreciate you saying that. Um, (laughs) In a work environment, I always think to myself like, listen, there's certain things that have to get done and sometimes they're not pleasant to hear. So I always go in with an understanding of that. The next thing I always think about is like, well, how much can a person take? Um, So I'm never trying to be abusive, but it's like how much, I guess, confidence building do I need before I make my ask? I do think about that Mm -hmm. a lot because inevitably in a work conversation, especially if you're talking about work performance or work output, there's going to be an ask. Now, sometimes people are, you know, there's no way to sugarcoat it. Like the maybe their like gap is too big, so you have to come out and just say. Uh, so, for example, if someone's missing deliverables, you can say, "Hey, listen, I know this job's hard, but we can't miss deliverables ever." You know, you just cut right to it. And most people, mm-hmm. it'll bother them. Um, but I think that's what I think about. It's like, what can they, what can they take? How much sugarcoating do they need? And then how can I get to my outcome? One of the things that is really tough, I think, for a lot of managers or uh, people people leaders is they really have a hard time asking for what it is they actually want the person to do mm-hmm. and i actually learned from an old mentor of mine is like listen like there's just just don't beat around you know don't sugarcoat too much if there's an ask you just have to say it and just be firm like i need this from you as a person and that's kind of how i approach things uh, when it when it comes to getting people to adopt things um or change their behavior i just i just think in those realms which is like hey i know i'm going to need to ask how much can they take how quickly can i get there and i tend to ask for things in a very tangible way i I like to think Mm -hmm. is like meaning that person can tell that they've done it um and then i usually try to set up some type of follow-up system to say hey let me see that you've done it i always i definitely think like um (laughs) My old, my old uh, coworkers, who have all gone on to do great things at um, from X Beyond, but I used to call it Miyagi, Mister. It's straight out of Mister Miyagi, Karate Kid, which is if you do it enough, you'll get it right. And my my old sales engineer, who was one of the top sales engineers at Psychor, shout out Jim McGowan. He couldn't stand me because I'd be like, demo me the product, and he'd do it, and I'm like, cool. I'd give him all these pointers, like, all right, and then he'd be like, 
what next? I'm like, you're going to demo again. He's like, when? Tomorrow. I was like, you'll demo to me every day until you get it right. <laughs> and he hated it. But he, he, I mean, he's a stud. He's an absolute stud at Psychor. Shout out, Jim. Hope you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need to send this to him so you know how he knows how you feel about him. Uh, he's so, a beast. okay. When, I mean, what? What I think is interesting when I think about smaller teams, and obviously, you know, our team size has changed many times over the past couple of years, and we'll get into yeah. that in later episodes. But it's easy to just like assume everyone is the same and they're coming in with the same experiences. And it's like, okay, we hire a producer, we hire an audio engineer. And it's sometimes easy to be like, okay, just do the work, just do the thing. And not stepping back and being like, realizing, oh, this person has had a whole different life history and like, even though they might be the same title, I actually need to figure out like where they're even starting with. But what I've seen you do and others on our team is like really diving and investing in those early days to figure out like what that person's baseline is and then how to get them to where you want them to go. It's like, it's really, really important taking that like super personalized approach. And outside of just teams, I mean, I was thinking about all these other applications like relationships, friendships, like your kids. I know we were mentioning this earlier, but like how I talk to one of my kids is so different than my other kid like if I talk to one firmly who like needs a really firm strong voice for them to like listen to me my other twin would like crumble and not be able to even like operate it wouldn't even be beneficial to like get him to do the thing and so I was just thinking like how many places need more of a personalized approach to get you know your team member your spouse your friend whatever it may be to like get to the place where you want them and maybe that's just them understanding you doing doing something helping out around the house whatever it may be um, and not just applying the same kind of language and expectations across the board. Yeah, I definitely could use some lessons from you <laughs> on on the family side because I definitely treat all three of my kids the same. I think. Yeah, you think so? <laughs> I've you been think told you treat been Isla little, the same? No, I've been told I'm too hard on my middle son, Laird. My mm-hmm. my my wife will say I'm too hard on him because I'm. Is I think I'm hard on. Yeah, he's definitely mm-hmm. more sensitive. So. Uh, to kind of bring people up to speed, um, I'll give you the personalities. My oldest son, Dylan, is in the, uh, is an athlete. He's very athletic. He is a by-the-book kind of person, um, not much of a talker. My middle son, Laird, is not as athletic. He is more sensitive. He's probably the smartest of the three kids. Like, his ability to learn is is undeniable. And he also gets really fired up by being number one in class. Like that's his like, num- like you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he wants to know what everyone scored on tests. He's also, he, he also is probably bad at reading others. Like he's the only one of my kids that's been mm-hmm. punched in the face. Uh, it's probably because he's annoying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Poor> dude. <laughs> Just straight up. Like, it happened. And then my daughter is like, uh, she thinks she's strong willed, but she's also quite sensitive. She can like, mm-hmm. um, she, she, so she's strong willed, but if she hears the word no, she, she doesn't take that well. You know what I mean? She'll give you the no and she'll think that's fine. But if you tell her no, yeah. she don't like it. But I like, definitely. Doesn't like it as in fights back in a no or like melts down and crumbles because she's so upset by the no. Uh, yeah, the more the latter. Definitely really sensitive. Mm-hmm. I mean, like she'll come crying home and co- yeah. come home crying like they don't want me to play. I was like, I don't be, I'll tell her straight up. I was yeah. like, probably because you're too demanding. <laughs> it's like you got to decide. Do you want to huh. play with them or do you want to do your own thing? You can't yeah. have both. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, I want to ride bikes. I'm like, then go ride your bike. They don't want to ride bikes. I don't know what to tell you. Like, yeah. you cannot expect people to do what you want all the time. She wants her <laughs> brothers to ride with her. Uh, no, there's a neighborhood group. We call them the gardens crew, but there's like a crew of girls 
and they all like ride uh. bikes around the neighborhood. But if and when they choose to do something that she doesn't want to do, she often comes home like uh-huh. sad about it. And I'll just tell her to deal with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I feel like sometimes those are life lessons for, I mean, I, I experienced this with one of our kids coming in. I mean, my partner's daughter, she was an only child. And so she came in and had a hard transition being an only child where she could do the things she wanted. And it was like kind of just like her world and people were invited into it to then be thrown into a house with my three boys and being like, wait, what? I said, I want to play dolls. And like, they don't want to play with me and having to kind of work with her. on like, yeah, now you guys all need to either figure out you can do something together or you might just have to play by yourself if they don't want to play whatever it may be with you. Right. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it can be a mix between like sometimes the kids do have, I think, have to have their own life lessons around that where you work with them and tell them like it can't just be your way all the time or else the kids might not want to play with you and knowing their sensitivity levels. I mean, if I think about the th- my three boys, like Oliver, so the two twins, Oliver and Asher, Oliver is like a football player, rough and tumble. I'm going to run around the house, jump off couches come up behind my older brother, push him from the back just because it's funny. Like he's just very, Uh-oh. can be rough. Yeah. So he's just like, and he's also, uh, it's pretty hard to upset him. Like if you say something to him, he'll probably just laugh. If you tell him like, Oliver, I've told you three times to go get your socks on, go get your socks on or you're going to go in timeout. He literally will just laugh. And you're like, okay, got to do something else with this kid. Whereas Asher, you just tell him, go get your socks on in the wrong voice. And he just will be beside himself and like, will just not function. He'll just be so sad if he feels like you talk to him in the wrong way. And then Grayson's kind of in the middle. And so each one of them, I, I mean, every day I find myself and then Journey, Jeremy's daughter, who also lives with us, like she's very different too. Every day I find myself having to figure out how to work with each one of them within their style so that they'll learn the lesson, they'll do the thing um, without crushing them in a way that's like, okay, now it's not productive because now Asher's just laying on his back crying and won't put his socks on because, you know, I couldn't work with him in the same way that I was trying to work with Journey. So I don't know, parenting is tricky, but yeah, I think that's I mean, also- You're, you're probably like, better at, I don't know. I don't know if I'm good at it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I guess we're all trying I mean, to figure it out. It's, yeah. I mean, it's probably something I could be better. I, I Actually, I, you know what? I don't know. I don't, I have you ever yeah. thought and sat down and tried to wonder like, what do my kids think about me? Do you ever think, do you ever think about, ask yourself um, that? I think because my kids are all under five still, I feel like I haven't wondered that too much, but I will say when they get to your kid's age, I probably will wonder like, what are they thinking about me right now? Do they think <laughs> I'm an annoying parent? Do they think I'm cool? Like, do I inspire them? Yeah. Well, you don't want to be the cool parent. No. That's bad. That's a bad yeah. sign. I, I don't want to be. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you want to be the parent that people like your kids can come to you and talk. Like you don't want to yes. be. Yeah, that's where I'm like, I feel like my parents, they were in between where it's like they were, I did not think they were lame like other parents. And maybe it was the age, like my parents were not too far away from us in age. So I didn't think they were lame and like didn't understand me. I wasn't in that. Um, But I didn't think they were too cool where it's like they were letting me just do whatever I wanted. It was like this in-between space they kept us in where it's like we would tell them things. If we got in trouble, we would call them and like that kind of parent. But we'd still end up getting in trouble because they weren't that, that cool, if that makes sense. That's where I want to play with my kids. <laughs> yeah, that's smart. Uh, I just think back to my mom. My brother once came home, like just, he didn't drive home. He got a cab, but he was drunk out of his mind, right? And like, he couldn't get to the door. So he like, he slept on the driveway. And uh, oh so like, to give you an idea of who my mom was, my mom tucked him in. 
<laughs> didn't Aww. bring him inside, but brought a blanket yeah. out for him. <laughs> and then, and then yeah. when it was time for him to like go to work or whatever, the alarm went off, and she's like, "All right, time to go to work." <laughs> she's like, "I feel yeah. sick." He's like, "Deal with it." <laughs> yep, yep. So that's that's funny. That's actually how when my brother came home one night and he was on camera we got to watch it like my parents had ring camera type of things and then on camera you see my dad like dragging him my brother's just like his legs are barely even walking my dad just drags him inside and just puts him to bed and i remember looking at that and at the time i was probably i don't know like 17 or something and i was like oh no if i would have ever came home like that my parents look i would have been in so much trouble but now I look back on it and I'm like, my parents definitely treated us differently in a way that maybe annoyed me back then. But like my brother did not need any harsher critiques. Like I think boys can just be sensitive to critiques from their parents sometimes in a different way than maybe like at least my sister and I. And so I think my parents saw that and they're like, this dude does not need anyone else like trying to fit him into a mold or else he's just gonna like go wild and so they gave him a little bit more room and still like he got grounded he got the things but it wasn't like i'm so disappointed in you talk because at that time if i look back on him like that wouldn't have been helpful to him of where he was at at that point i just didn't see it when i was younger yeah yeah well yeah. so it's a it's it, i don't know if there's thought a bubbles no doubt and i don't know if there's an interest see here's the thing about people and and I and I do believe this. People are so different that it's really hard to say, you know, if you hear advice or something like that, it's really hard mm-hmm. to put it into play universally. Um, I know a lot of people always, yeah. maybe you're listening to self-help. Maybe you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you're reading something where you're trying to manage many or you manage yourself or whatever the case may be. And you're trying to implement a style or a methodology or a process. And it's just hard because people themselves are just so different. And that's why I always default back to like, you know, and I, how I encourage you, Steph. It's like, you got to choose the path that you're the most comfortable with because at the end of the mm-hmm. day, implementing this, anything, implementing any type of behavior change, performance change, uh, getting your kids to change, it's just hard. It's not an easy thing to do. And therefore, if you do something that you're not comfortable with, because like, so for example, someone might be like, should be more empathetic. I was like, mm-hmm. I hear you say that, but I know that's not me. Like, I, and I know if I was overly empathetic, I think that people would see through that. Like, a f- like it would be fake. They'd be like, yeah, oh, you're fake. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, so I know you always say you're not empathetic, but I actually think you are. It just depends on the scenario. Like, I think you can be very logical and just be like, well, it is what it is. And I've seen you <laughs> firsthand be empathetic when the situation warrants it. So I think I'm just going to push back on whoever told you that. You do have it in you. It's just not for everything. Point being is you have to pick the style for sure that you're most comfortable <laughs> yeah. with. I mean, that's that's at the end of the day, that's what it boils down to because, you know, y- mm-hmm. it's so hard to be someone other than yourself. So you have to yeah. pick probably these strategies that fit your personality the best too. Yeah. So there's one thing I want to leave our listeners, viewers, everyone with that was actually really helpful to me. Um, there's obviously a bunch of tests that you can give your team members, your family members, yourself to try and like learn about each other. I mean, you can do the Enneagram, you can do tests like that, that I think can be helpful. But there was one test that helped me in personal relationships um, called, it's called human design. And it basically tells what kind of human you are. And I want people to go and check it out hmm. for themselves and just kind of explore it. It's kind of similar to an Enneagram in a way, but it was very helpful for, you know, when Jeremy and I got together after I got divorced, Jeremy and I started dating and, it helps me understand him 
in a better way and he understood me in a better way. And then we were able to kind of come together and like understand each other better. And I feel like that test, I've actually, I don't think a lot of people know about it because it's got a little bit of like woo to it, but uh, I my, think it could be very it my myhumandesign.com, manifester? Yep, manifester, generator, I'm a projector. Uh, yeah, there's, I mean, I can't remember all the names, but like for an example of like what this test. I got it in front of me right now. The manifester, the manifesting generator, the generator. The projector, yep, yep. So and yeah, the that's, the, that's the types, and there's a bunch of details that you can go in with it. Um, but why it helped me is like, for example, when I first started dating Jeremy, he, everyone called him the mayor of Austin. He's been here ten years, and literally everywhere we go, people be like, Jeremy, 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 and I'm like, I don't like people that much to always want to be talking to new people. And his social calendar was booked every single night, every other night. It's like he had dinners lined up with people and so that's how i entered into a relationship with him i've been like let's go to dinner here let's do this let's meet these people meanwhile i'm going through his calendar and going cancel cancel tell me why like how do you know that person what's the reason will i want to be friends with this person like I, it was hard because i was over on one side and he's on the other and it was definitely not really working in the beginning where we're like man i feel like we're so opposite and we did this human design test and after I heard more about like the type of person he is, like this lover of humanity and he can have thousands of friendships and like, it's okay if he has a thousand friends because like their energy, their issues, their whatever's happening doesn't impact him. For me, I just want a couple deep friends. I don't need to know, like I don't want surface level stuff. Every person I'm around, I'm somehow kind of absorbing their energy, whatever's happening. And so I just don't want a thousand people around me all the time. And I don't want to be going to dinners with people that are just in town that you haven't seen since kindergarten. Like, I don't really need that. And so it's helpful. Like, that was just one example, but helpful understanding each other's like relationship styles to where he was like, okay, I'll only invite you to dinners if it's someone who like, I really am good friends with. And then I was able to inch closer to him and be like, okay, I'll explore a couple new friendships here and there as long as they're actually a close friend. And so that was one example of how it worked. Um, but I will say too, this uh, this facilitator who did the, this test for us, she did one for me and my ex-husband. And right away, she was like, there's no way you two would ever work together, like be able to like stay together. And I was like, what? And she was like, you both are alphas. And she's like, Steph, you're a listening alpha. So you'll at least listen to other people and like you'll, you'll, you'll let the best idea win he was just a straight alpha it's his way or no way and like when she went through his personality i was like oh i wish i would have known that before i got married because it literally was to a t like everything she was saying it was like so aligned um so yeah yeah okay so when when i when i hear these things i always think to myself okay it's easy to I see seen that, that during uh, the fact after the like fact. i would have okay. seen that right away of like yep for sure but I didn't know I was freaking 19. Like I didn't know shit back then. <laughs> Who do you know when you're 19? My new belief is you shouldn't get married till you're 30. <laughs> yep, I got married when I was like 24. But you didn't get married at 19. I don't think you should get married till you're after like 30. Like when you know yourself better. I didn't know myself at all. Like, no. But yeah, I mean, I just think now, it. I mean, it literally helped transform my relationship <laughs> with Jeremy from the start, like very quickly versus I think it could help, but yeah, I still think when you're 19, when you're 21, it's pretty hard to actually like know really what you're getting into. I think you can put look past a lot of things, like past a lot of red flags, which I for sure 
probably did. So I just think you just don't know as much back then. And knowing what I know now, it's easy to look back and be like, damn, Steph, you were pretty dumb back then. Like you were just so accepting and so thinking like, oh yeah, this will change. Things will be different. Like when we're older, no, like never. But yeah, so that's a test that I think is interesting um, <laughs> that I this actually like directly helped me. No doubt that 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 from uh, from my circle of friends is true. It's like whatever bothers you It'll in the beginning will be unbearable in the future. So the yeah, so people that think oh this will change, like no, yep. it's not actually going to change. And if the change is always I have to do something I hate, or he has to, or she or whatever your mm -hmm. partner is has to do something they hate, yep. it will be even yep. less yeah. likely to change. I mean that's. So it's like, for example, if you if you think the relationship mm -hmm. would work if they would give something up, I can promise you that even if the other person gave that up, it would yeah. be held over your head for the rest of your life. Like it yeah. will become undeniably yeah. a problem. I mean, there's, you know what I mean? that's what I'm saying. I think so, now looking back, it feels obvious to be like, oh, yeah, you you should never be in a relationship to hope someone will change a piece about them and just be like, well, when they get happier, when they get whatever the thing is, it's like it'll happen when we make more money when we have kids when we you know what go on more vacations like it's so easy to just be like yeah that person will be happier oh, or the... less angry or whatever it may be like we'll work better when and that's i think a slippery slope that like i think it's easy to get into when you're younger whereas now i'm like if we don't work from like the start if there's a big red flag all bets are off <laughs> yeah and the other thing that's true about um people and you which you've probably seen firsthand is like if you believe more money will yep. solve the problem, yep. no, more money amplifies problems. People become worse when they have more access yep. to do whatever it is that's bad about them. And that's what you see in like pro athletes and young actors and actresses mm -hmm. or anyone who falls into a windfall of money. Yep. You know, they, you know, the saying is money reveals character. It doesn't hide it. So it's like if you think a problem exists because there's no money, yep. I can promise you when there is money, it gets worse. It yep. doesn't get better. Yep. The problem I does not get better. Agree with that. So <laughs> Yeah. I mean, this definitely went on an interesting <laughs> side tangent. However, I think it's like very powerful. Yeah. I mean, we're all about side tangents, you and I are. Side so. tangent. But I think, it, I mean, it is a very powerful lesson thinking about relationships, how you get into them and how to, you know, know, like, how do you think about a red flag versus how do you just learn a bit more about each other to maybe have a bit more empathy around like who that person is and why something might be a little annoying to you. Like it might not actually be a red flag. It might just be you still trying to figure out like how to work within each other's personalities too. So interesting concept to explore. Um, and if anyone out there listening has a really good test that has like directly impacted your relationships, your company, whatever it may be, uh, I'd love to hear about it. Cause I think that's like a fascinating world that we haven't fully tapped into here at Mission, but I want to eventually. I have, I have a test what? I used to do when I was younger and I dated and I would stick by it. And in fact, I would test? tell my sons to do the same. Oh, God. It's a little bit physical, oh, but you're not going to rough up the female. But push, you should her? push her? What the fuck? You should push her a little bit. Why? Like, Why would you do that? Push her. You're about to get every single person <laughs> like, in yes. trouble here. Like into like into like a grassy, fluffy thing or like into, into uh, like a... Well, because if she gets mad I at you, I would get mad at you. She's a definite no. <laughs> but if she laughs, laughs or pushes back, I would probably punch back. Probably pretty fun. I'd be coming back swinging. You push me, huh? <laughs> so, like, uh, 
Yeah, my 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 uh, my wife. Well, she she'll tell you. Like, oh my god, the you're dates, the worst. The that is not a good tip. Do not pass that on to your children. <laughs> I hope. No, that is not a good tip. I, I think so. Like not you know not in a way to harm somebody. I'm as a way to like put somebody. It's like listen. Is it just like, like a little nudge into the bushes? Because I'm imagining like, a full on like check, yoink, just, off you go like. Okay, that's what I was I'm not like. gonna do a full send like you know <laughs> okay, just a little or hurt tap. somebody. No, okay. no. When it's like you're dressed up, you're you're expecting to do something nice, and you're walking to wherever you're going. You got kind of okay. get a little maybe okay. a little you know a hip check or a little push into something soft. Yeah, okay, just that's to throw a bit you different. off your balance. I a little for a second just there just imagined you, you like hurling. Just see how you react to that. <laughs> <laughs> no, not physical so harm. I'm not doing on, physical like, harm. How serious they take themselves. Give them a little nudge and just be like, is it someone who's going to instantly pull in anger into you and be like, go at it? Or is it someone who can like be silly and playful? Yeah. I understand now. At first, I was about to mark this episode X rated and That's be right. like, I don't know what Albert's talking about. We do not condone or support any. <laughs> now I understand though. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <he's- laughs> That's how I did it. I don't know. Me, 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 and Jen have been married for. Uh, let's do some math. All since right, well, two thousand and six, you got codes. So, so, so far, she the three moments where she's been the most mad at me. This is a fact. You can ask her. Yep. The three moments where she's been the most mad at me. You ready? I ate her burrito while she was I would pregnant. Be pissed too. She was really pissed about that. Well, <laughs> she, yeah. she had like half of a. You know I what I'm saying? Like half of a burrito. And I just ate it. Um, the other time was when I thought about sending my kid up to um, by himself, like a, a hockey. Oh, tournament I remember this. Yeah, I remember that, that he could stay in his own room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I feel yeah. like but you. Then I thought about it. Yeah. Not that I did it, but I thought about it. She was you, really I feel upset like that had a whole plan. Though. Though. It was much it. more than thinking. Like he would have been on his way if it wasn't for her, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was gonna meet up with him. <laughs> That's good, right? And then the third time is because during the, a time of COVID, I, uh, I, I went with my buddy Drew, my surfing buddy, and we got, um, we got some food together, and we Who? we drove in the same car, and she like lost her mind. because oh. this was like right oh. in the very beginning when it wasn't clear like what COVID could possibly do. She's like, well, you know. Because I was like, don't worry, we're going to be outside. It's not a big deal. But then she found out we rode in the same My car God. together. She's like, what are you doing? Like, you're a moron. <laughs> but, like, if you think about that, as like as far as, like, guys doing things to get their wives mad, like, I mean, those are the three maddest times I've been. So I've, that's, that's been yeah. a pretty good relationship, Although, I feel like. If that's the, I am kind of <laughs> the three worst about things a, you can say about me. time frame type of thing. And I'm like, two of those things have happened in the past, like, two years. So you might want to be careful. You're on this slip yeah i'm like it's happening well, more you I went know. so long <laughs> well, she slope. thought she was pregnant a while ago and here you are messing up twice in two years i okay yeah that was with dylan our you first one too buddy. so that was yeah Sometimes oh wait the past two years yeah i'm, I'm losing it oh man i gotta oh, i gotta go push somebody well, else with that i will let us end today's episode reach out let us know what you guys think of uh mission daily new format bringing back interesting concepts yep quality content and uh, quality content so send us an email and until next time we'll see you guys soon
Hey, listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word, and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.